0: Radio.
1: I'm jumping the gun it's been two weeks we're back and forth the Cisco and Falzone hours broadcasting politics we're here to tell the truth tell the American people what is actually going on last night we had Mark Pence I mean Mike Pence and Kamala Harris I tell you something right now Kamala Harris it's been criticized by so many people how she came off. And a lot of independents who have not decided yet basically got a good view of who she is yesterday. She just continues to lie. She invited another perfect partners in crime. They do not understand and respect the American people. And this continues to happen, this is what we will get if they get elected. That's the reason November 3rd we need to come out in forces because an election of of Biden and and, and Kamala Harris will be devastated. Devastation for, for, for the United States of America. So, And she showed that she's basically She's for the Green New Deal. She's for higher taxes. She's yeah, for the she lied about whore. that, though. Oh yeah, of course. So she she is basically a globalist. She's a globalist. She is looking to be the president of the United States. All this that um, uh, Joe and I are uh, uh, we are. People of faith. Well, excuse me. What happened with um, your for taxpayer abortion funding of abortion Planned Parenthood? Okay, I don't think too many Catholics are for abortion. I, as a traditional Roman Catholic, I'm not, especially taxpayer funding. Okay, but Mike Pence won the debate yesterday. And now we're hearing that Joe Biden wants a virtual debate. Well, the president is right in saying enough is enough. I'm not going to do virtual. No way. He has to stick to his guns. He has to say no matter what, we're having a debate. I mean, trust me, the Democrats even though the polls may show that uh, Joe Biden is leading, if if those polls were really honestly truthful, why would she be going after the 25th Amendment? Okay? She wants to get the president out. So those numbers remind me of 2016. Totally. Totally. But anyway, Mark,
0: go ahead. That yeah, I watched the debate also. Um, I thought Kamala was the worst of both worlds, you know, radical <laughs> leftist uh you know, and we have to you know, we just don't want to toss that turn around that term around uh without defining what that is and what that is is misery, poverty and violence. That's what radical leftists bring you. And on top of that, she's also a little gutter snipe. I mean, uh, this was not an argument uh, on the street corner of Oakland. Uh, this was uh, something in front of the nation. Uh, she really temperamentally and emotionally, like she, so I guess it's a trifecta, uh, emotionally, <laughs> uh, she's not prepared to lead this nation. No damn way. I, I wouldn't hire her uh, as a... Clark, for Christ's sake! and <laughs> the rant. Well, well, anyway, we have a fantastic guest tonight,
1: and she has been so kind to come back because we had some technical issues the last time she was scheduled to come, and her name is Crystal Waterson, business entrepreneur, a breast cancer survivor, advocate, and citizen journalist. Tackling issues focusing on human sex trafficking and child sex abuse, a member of the Organized Safe Children of Georgia and Share Hope International and in Street Grace, welcome Crystal to the fiscal and phone Hours of Broadcasting Politics and on Block Talk Radio.
2: Awesome! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Um, super excited to be back. So uh, even with our um, you know, minor hiccups last time, and, and and couldn't go through with the show. I wouldn't have missed it. So thank you again, both of you, for having me.
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, I know you're very politically driven. <laughs> uh, that's that's an understatement. It was that, hard
3: for me to be quiet.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, now you're gonna have your you're gonna have your opportunity, and then we'll then we'll then we'll go into the uh, the, the your specialty, which is human trafficking. Uh, at you know, fighting and advocating against uh, and working so hard to 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 really make a difference, and which you are, you know, I, I know you just took a, a recent trip to to uh, Chicago, and you know that's those things are so encouraging that there's there are individuals out there that are actually working for a good cause. But anyway, let's we'll tackle that in a couple of minutes. Let's tackle with what what was your take on the uh, debate last night? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, oh, oh my gosh! Uh, you know our time is limited, so I <laughs> yeah. uh, this could go on. This 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 is a whole show in itself. Um, you know, so it's funny. I have I have a lot of a uh, lot of followers and a lot of friends that during these debates follow me and reach out to me, and they expect to hear my you know my um, comical um, kind of, uh, of uh, you know, synopsis or assessment of of the, the of the debate as it's going on. So I've kind of gotten accustomed to doing that. I even did it back in 2016. Um, I, I tell you, I, I struggled a lot last night because there was just so many lies. You know, so many lies, um, and. And, and I have to say, I'm an Indiana girl. I was born and raised in Indiana. I do not live there now, but I was born and raised in Indiana. And, and, and you know, Mike Pence, um, you know, from Indiana, I've known who Mike Pence is many, 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 many years, um, since way back when, when Mike Pence had his own radio show. Um, you know, I didn't know what to expect because I know that he's very gentlemanlike. I know he's very considerate, and I know he is very respectful of of women in general. I really didn't know how he would handle um, this kind of a confrontation because I knew exactly how Kamala Harris would come into this. And I have to say I was super impressed with how he handled it. I think he was still respectful, but I think on on several occasions – um, he definitely called her out on her lies. He definitely put her on the spot for being smug, for being arrogant, for being rude. You know, I think the thing, things, and I, you know, I said, I won't go off on this and I won't, I'll say this one thing because there's so many things I could say, but the one, one of the things that probably bothered me the most is that if you guys recall in 2019, well, first of all, in 2018, she was a huge proponent of pushing this, um, you know, this, this blocking uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh from, from right. the Supreme Court um, right. appointment. She mm-hmm. was huge in that. I mean, she made some very, very vile comments against him. Um, it, you know, in 2019, when she was a presidential candidate herself – She was literally one of the first ones to accuse Joe Biden of rape. Mm -hmm. She said she believed women who accused him of inappropriate touching and sexual misconduct. She said all of these things, and here she stands now as his running mate acting as though we're all stupid enough to believe or have forgotten all of the things that she said about him, right? Right. So suddenly we're supposed to trust her judgment. Suddenly she's supposed to be a woman of faith. She's supposed to be a protector of our country as an ex-cop and a DA, right? All of these things, has she forgotten that a year ago she stood on the stage and called him a rapist and told all of us? How could you vote for a rapist? How could you select this rapist to be your candidate? Those words were never mentioned last night.
0: Definitely. So,
2: again, I won't go down any other road than that because there's <laughs> so much to say. But that, above all, just really um, stood out to me.
1: Definitely. Okay, so let's get to the nitty-gritty. What, when did you get involved? What, what made you get involved In this whole fight against global human trafficking, because we have to admit, this is not a United States issue or or North America. This is a global issue uh, when it comes to uh, the pandemic, the true pandemic of human trafficking of children in the world.
2: You you are so right. It is. 100% a global issue. Um, You know, it used to be looked at as something that happened outside the United States. It used to be looked at as a um, you know, tourism for sex kind of a problem, um, that this was happening in Asia and, you know, in other countries. And, um, you know, for, for for way too many years, way too many years, um, it was ignored. And the prevalence of it was ignored here in the United States. Um, it is as much of a pandemic in the United States as it is anywhere, but you are 100% correct in saying that it's a global issue. Um, you know, to your first question as to what made me get involved, um, as a survivor of, of child sexual abuse myself, it was one of those things that was, um, you know, something I I couldn't address, I couldn't Speak of, I couldn't until, at one point, I was in my early thirties and had my own daughter, and there was something that clicked in me that said, "Okay, it's time. It's time that you not only um, look at, you know, the healing that needs to take place for yourself, but also it's time that you start speaking out about issues." that could affect someone like my own daughter as easily as it could yours or anyone else's, right? So that was really a turning point for me with having my own daughter when I was 32 years old. And I said, okay, um, you know, I I can't look myself in the mirror and know that I stood by and said nothing and did nothing and, um, you know, call myself. A good mother and call myself the protector of my daughter that I should be if I wasn't willing to speak up about the things that that I knew were happening. Um, and as I got into this, I really, it, it started as a healing process for me, but it wouldn't, what, what it really turned into, I, I learned that you know when i was when i was young trafficking wasn't even a word right actually trafficking really wasn't even a word until probably um, the last 15ish years in terms of when it involved um, you know sex trafficking it didn't that it just wasn't a word that was really used um, when when i started talking about this when I started talking to other people and I started to join groups that were, um, you know, at that time social media wasn't really what it is right now. And so um, we weren't really in the social media type groups, but there was community groups where people were starting to talk. And there was, um, you know, there was uh, organizations that were starting to to gravitate toward, uh, they kind of had maybe started as um, uh, groups that helped, you know, people that were mm-hmm. dealing with sexual abuse or whatever or domestic violence, but they kind of started to veer into this what we now know as as trafficking. Um, I, I didn't even know what trafficking was at that point until I started to investigate and started to realize that, wow, okay. This was, um, you know, this this is what I was a part of. I mean, you know, human trafficking, most people say, well, what, what's human trafficking? There are, you know, obviously human trafficking can be done for purposes of labor. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we know that, that 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 humans are brought into this country and into other countries illegally and they are used for labor purposes. They're unpaid, they're abused, they're whatever they are. And that is one form of human trafficking. Um, It's equally as bad. I I give no, you know, credence to the fact that it's any less bad than any other form of trafficking. I primarily have been involved in um, being an advocate for, you know, for sex trafficking, particularly when it comes to children. But, you know, trafficking is merely, it merely means that someone has used force, fraud, or some type of coercion in order to obtain, you know, a commercial sex act. When it comes to human sex trafficking, that's what it really means. Force, fraud, or coercion to obtain some type of commercial sex act. People, when they say what's trafficking, that's really what it is. You know, Mm. there's no case that I know of. No case that I have ever come across where there wasn't some some form of force, fraud, or coercion that took place in order to, you know, um, um, involve that person to the extent where they were being trafficked. But, you know, as I said, I primarily focus on children um, and and um, being an advocate of, of children, you know, around the world, really. I mean, we I, I'm in groups that are, are operating globally, not just here in the United States, but we have a Huge epidemic right here in the United States that people just have no idea that's going on.
1: So, so the the title that I gave this we gave this program was pandemic is causing a surge of human trafficking of children.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Have you seen that surge? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And and, and what 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 is actually causing uh, the surge?
2: Well, ironically, you know, obviously we all know that we've been locked up for months and months, right? We've, I mean, some of us in worse cases than others. Some states are worse than others. Some countries have been worse than others. Um, you know, I have friends in the UK, and I have friends in Australia, and I have friends friends in Ireland, and I have you know people that I talk to outside this country, and some of these these countries. Um, have been even worse than, than right here in the United States. Um, we know we've been locked up now for months and months and months. We know children aren't going to school like they once were. Um, you know, what ha- one of the things that this pandemic has caused is a, 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 an astronomical amount of isolation for children. They're isolated from their school friends. Heck, sometimes they're even isolated in a sense from mom and dad because if mom and dad are working outside the home Mm -hmm. and these kids are staying at home during the day by themselves because they're not at school, um, you know, that is a different state of being than what they're normally used to. This isolation in all of these forms, whether it's from school friends, teachers, administrators, mom and dad, you know, whatever it's from, um, this has created a lack of social activities. So Mm -hmm. they're not getting outside the house like they once were. It has increased the amount of time that they're spending online. Think about it. They're doing their schoolwork online. When they're not doing schoolwork, they have nothing else to do. So they're social media surfing. They're doing gaming activity. You know, they have a general – lack of structure and a lot of time to kill and a lot of these kids are spending that time online what happens
3: Mm -hmm.
2: is this puts them in a position where these predators, where these traffickers actually have more access to these kids than they had before the pandemic
1: right, got it and have you seen it is the trend more in, in different parts of the, of, of the country? Because I've heard, and some of the research that I just did before the show, that you have different hubs. You mm-hmm. have, like, Ohio seems to be mm-hmm. a hub for human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. C- yeah, that's very of, true. Certain, certain parts of Texas on the border with Mexico and Arizona seem to be a, another hub for, besides drug trafficking, human trafficking and sex trafficking. So based on that, since we're going to get into the human traffic statistics and facts also, uh, where are other areas that we, we would need to know that are hubs for humans and sex trafficking?
2: yeah great question
1: so mm-hmm.
2: you know um there was a recent uh there well I, I you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show that I had just come back from a conference near um uh, it was an actually an Indiana state conference, but it was right up outside of chicago um it was it really interesting some of the things that we did hear about um, in, that, you know, that's happening and things that are going on with sex trafficking. But prior to that, one of the things uh, that I have been researching and talking to um, different you know, executives and, and people in some of the, the organizations that I'm in, um, there are several states. That seem to notoriously stay at the top of the list for um, sex trafficking. You know, obviously Nevada, we can all imagine why. right? Um, Nevada is a is really the number one hub for for uh, sex trafficking. Um, you know, all of the conferences and things like that, these, you know, global-sized conferences, a lot of business travel. You know, prostitution outside the city is legal,
0: um, mm-hmm.
2: but within in the city, um, you know, they don't call it Sin City for no reason. Nevada is notoriously at the top of the list. Nevada, ironically, is also one of those places that is very, very high, has a very, very high amount of um of runaways of teen runaways um it's very easy for them to make their way to nevada believe it or not um so nevada tends to always be at the top of the list Uh, you know there's some some interesting ones such as mississippi happens to be second on the list Hmm. well who would think about mississippi being in there right that was a to me, although I know of very specific stories that um, have taken place in Mississippi, I found that really, really interesting that they're number two, they were number two on one of the most recent lists. And, and so, as I got to, to looking into that, one of the reasons is they're a port city, right? They're a port city. So, it's very easy to get um, trafficked victims in and out and into other countries or out of other countries into this country, being that they're a port city. Um, that is why Mississippi has now become so high on the list. You know, you think um, New York, New York support city, you think some of these other ones, that's kind of the way things used to be you know these guys are smart and i say guys it's women too that can be traffickers but these organized crime um uh uh, you know trafficking um organizations are very very smart if if we know if they know that we're watching the ports in new york city you know obviously it makes sense for them to move somewhere else and as just like me you know, most most other people would be a little surprised as well that Mississippi would be on the list, but it makes perfect sense when you I'm know why very, they're I'm using
1: I'm it. I'm very I'm very surprised about Mississippi. Not so mm-hmm. much surprised with Nevada, you're right. Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um I, I and, and, and and I apologize. I just wanted to in, inject this. Also during the NFL Super Bowl. Yes. And during the Hall of Fame game in Akron, Ohio, that's the reason I brought up yep. Ohio, those two events, there's a lot of trafficking. A lot what of I've been, trafficking. I've been, from what I've been told.
2: Well, and Ohio is notoriously a huge trafficking hub anyway because of where it sits. They, it feeds the East Coast um, can, from top to bottom, really. Uh, it's not uncommon at all for victims, let's say, for instance, Georgia happens to be number four on the list. Everybody, technically, if you want to talk about city size and per capita, Atlanta, Georgia is the number one hub of human sex trafficking. Right now in the United States, it's the number one hub. However, um, when you look at Ohio, it is not uncommon for a victim to be taken from some place like Atlanta, Georgia, and trafficked into Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. or Cleveland, Ohio, for which they are then fed into the East Coast, you know, to Baltimore, to New York City, to wherever it is that they are, are feeding them into um, the East Coast. So it's by proximity and by um, You know, by location, really, that Ohio, and and sadly, I mean, Ohio, it's Cleveland, it's Columbus, it's Cincinnati. I mean, obviously, Cleveland being the largest, but I mean, these other cities, Columbus has a huge trafficking epidemic, huge Mm. sex trafficking epidemic. So there are a lot of reasons um, that Ohio always falls on that top 10 list. But definitely they have um, a lot going on in in Ohio in terms of trafficking. Very big. Um, Same with Detroit, Michigan, um, really all of Michigan because, you know, they they have the ability to bring people in and out of Canada. So um, another big one. Florida. I'd like to chime in on Columbus. Uh, I happen to be
0: familiar with Columbus, Ohio. My oldest, dearest friend lives there. Uh, for over, uh, we've been friends for over 40 years, and what I wanted to say is, my first trip out visiting him, I just took one of my sons, and when we came back, all he told his brothers was, wow, all these gorgeous blondes in Columbus, so the second time I went out to Columbus, I had three sons with me, because uh, one of them could just (laughs) not stop talking about, (laughs) <laughs> These beautiful blonde young ladies all over the place. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. got something to do with it. Oh,
2: I'm I, I'm certain that they're... so, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna I'm gonna veer off here just for a second because um, you know, Mark, that's a great segue into something that I just recently even learned about. Um and and I would love to mention this since you brought that up. So Interestingly enough, this, this, you know, we were talking about the epidemic, uh, the pandemic, and the, the, the opportunity for traffickers that it has created. Um, this is not necessarily specifically because of the pandemic, but has definitely been been exacerbated by the pandemic. So there is a new thing, and I will just kind of quotation mark say thing, there's a new thing amongst teenage high school, from middle class to, um, you know, I guess higher, uh, well, um, maybe lower end wealthy class. It's kind of falls in that higher end, um, um, you know, middle income to, to lower end wealthy class of, of teenagers. I call it they are bored. That's what I say. They are bored. Um, we've prevented kids from, you know, we, we've, we've got a whole generation of kids that don't understand responsibility. So they're not working like some of us were when we were, you know, 15. They're not playing sports maybe as much as what some of us were when we were 15. There's a whole slew of reasons. But I think a lot of it is, I'm sorry to say, in a lot of cases, mom and dad have, uh, have uh, you know, their own activities going on, and these kids have more money at their disposal and they have, you know, too much time at their disposal. I say they have more money than they have sense in some cases. But this new thing is teen girls being trafficked by peers of their, their own age range. So, for instance, it's not uncommon for us to see 15-year-old girls being trafficked by 17 and 18-year-old boys. Now, this is happening, and it 's happening on a regular basis, right so you have all of these beautiful young ladies who are dressed very well, you know they have um, all of the luxuries that they could they could possibly need uh, you know access to all of the finest clothing and and hair and nails, and the ability to um, make themselves into, you know, a, a, a what everybody wants to look like, I guess, from, you know, all of, these, all of the social media selfies and all of that. But they are putting themselves in a position where they're saying to their friends, hey, you should come and do this with me. Oh, my gosh, you wouldn't believe. The gifts that I get from all of these older men or older women or whomever you know it happens to be that that is their purchaser for the night. Right. Um, this is real. This is a real thing. These men and these women, and I say men and women, it is predominantly men, but there is definitely a um, you know a segment of of traffickers that are women as as well. But these these men um, are purchasing these girls with the promise of luxurious gifts and gucci bags and um, you know shoes and whatever 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 and um, these girls think that that you know the gifts that they're getting are glamorous and fun and all that and the teenage boys that are trafficking them are collecting the money while the girls are getting their, their luxurious gifts and everybody walks away and says, wow, this is, this is fantastic, right? This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It presents a huge problem because what happens is when mom and dad find out, when mom and dad find out because somebody gets arrested or somebody says, you know, finds text messages or whatever the reason is that they get caught. First thing that moms and dads typically do is they go and secure a high-priced attorney to mitigate the the situation, to mitigate the publicity, to all of these things. Guess what happens? As soon as these kids have an attorney representing them, child services, the department of, of you know family and children's services, even police officers and detectives are immediately shut down in terms of the investigation they can do because these children are minors they're now being represented by an attorney, and everything that happens from there forward is because mom and dad are calling the shots
1: okay so that, that brings up that's a so that brings up a good point really good point because when we have when we have the certain classes of individuals, young mm-hmm. ladies uh, in regards to medium income, are we seeing more of the upper income I mean middle upper income, or is it still more on the lower income bracket, that we're seeing children uh, that are those young ladies, yes. is, it, is it more of a class system, or it's it's not? It doesn't really matter.
2: Well, I think no. I, I well, I mean yes. Your question is is a great point. I think um, we're still at the point where predominantly see more. People, more children on that lower, uh, lower income side of things okay. involved in the trafficking situation, out of necessity, right? It's easier access. It's, right. um, it's out of necessity. But I, th- th- this other segment, this up and coming segment, this new thing is um, is definitely growing, and and we have people, we have kids that are trying to make it look like a novelty when it's anything but. But, yes, predominantly you're still going to see the bigger portion of trafficked victims um, when it comes to children, you know, that are going to come from that lower, lower middle class. Mm -hmm. even even that that poverty level type of thing you know and i hate to talk about it being a class system it's not because as you can see from what i just said it can affect anybody and everybody it literally can but but you know if you had to if you had to put a, a a number on it yeah i think you would still um obviously see you know more of those kids that, that there's easier access to maybe because, unfortunately, they come from a, a single-parent home. Maybe they come from a home where, you know, mom and dad, mom or dad, are oh, you know, addicted to drugs. So um, there, there's a whole slew of reasons that those kids are still trafficked at a much right. higher rate. Definitely. Uh,
1: 732539, do you have a question for Crystal.
3: Oh, yes, I do. First of all, I need a little education on human trafficking. Like, are they being kidnapped or are these kids being lured? I mean, I I just don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Wow,
2: great question. And you are exactly the kind of person I love because you're clearly looking to be educated. So many people have no idea what trafficking, how these kids are getting into this position. They don't know what to look for. They, you know, so great question. Yes, ma'am. They are being lured. Many a times they are being lured by traffickers. Um, some kids, unfortunately, some children are being sold into trafficking by their parents. And um, you know, drug addict for you know mom or dad may be addicted to drugs, and, and either this is their way of getting drugs and continuing their habit. So they sell the child, at, you know, on a nightly or a daily basis to somebody to supply their daily, um, to to supply their daily drug um, habit or fund their da- daily drug habit. Or um, they are possibly being lured because of a bad situation at home. I'll give you a quick example. Thirteen-year-old um, girl. Actually, no. Let me refer, let me let me give you an even better one. So it paints a better, a clearer picture. Eleven years old. Um, mom and dad are divorced. Mom is um, a heroin addict. Uh, mom has. Lots and lots and lots of boyfriends in and out of the apartment when they have one. Um, Sometimes they live out of the car because mom just doesn't have, you know, a stable job to always provide an apartment. 11-year-old girl has been, um, you know, obviously she's been molested multiple times by all of these different boyfriends. Bad situation all the way around, right? She gets on social media she begins to talk to somebody who she thinks is a 16-year-old boy. Granted, 16 and 11 is still very much an issue, right? That in itself, it should be an issue. What she finds out is 16-year-old boy is not at all a 16-year-old boy. This said boy is a 21-year-old male who hmm. saw, her, saw through her vulnerabilities from the things that she shared with him online. He makes... Um, a plan to meet with her. Um, He meets with her. He grooms her, which is the process of basically building a, a, a relationship with her to make her think she can trust him. He buys her gifts. He buys her food. He buys her clothes. He tells her he loves her and that he's going to marry her and he's going to take care of her. And one day he says, you don't have to live like this anymore You can come with me. You can live with me, and I'll take care of you. She leaves with him. He drives her to another city two states away. She is suddenly put on the streets and trafficked the very first day. And he says, if you love me and you want me to take care of you, you're going to have to help earn money at 11 years old she was trafficked for the very first time by the man who lured her wow. by grooming her and building a trustful relationship with her and it took until and luckily for her she was arrested at 14 years old for hmm. prostitution or she would still be out there today so so yes they are being lured they are definitely being lured by these predators um, and these predators are finding them on, on, whether it be on social media, whether it be, um, you know, out and about in, in town. Um, maybe somebody says, I know that girl. Her parents don't watch her. Her parents are never home, whatever, whatever. And, you know, she becomes an easy target or what they consider a soft target um so yes they are being lured they are being but they're also sadly being sold and and handed over in in case, unfortunately too many cases by parents who are you know drug addicts or poverty stricken and this is their way to 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 make enough money to either put food on the table or, or feed an addiction
1: so ooh.
2: So that means
3: that, um, mm. excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, no go it, ahead. it just means go ahead. a bad parenting, number one. Obviously, they're not taking care of their children um, at home for whatever reason, and there should be no reason. You know, if you have children, you take care of them. You never let them do that. Right. And the, the other thing is I was just curious. How about the uh, schools and what they teach in the schools? That starts
2: them <laughs> out you are are, are so um, correct, so the conference that I attended this weekend in uh, in in northern Indiana was one hundred percent focused on the sexual revolution and how it has really been used to corrupt our education and indoctrinate our children into being used and abused for the sexual gratification of adults. I mean, that, that's ultimately what it is. This goes back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a name here, and all I would ask you to do is, is go back and do some research on this name. Alfred Kinsey, Doctor Alfred Kinsey. He was a so-called scientist researcher back in the 1940s. Um, the, actually, the my alma mater, Indiana University, was there is a um, institute there named after him called the Kinsey Institute. Right. Um, it, it he he. <laughs> If you really do your research, what you will find is this man raped and tortured children in the name of science and the name of so-called research. But it was really because he was a pedophile and a sadistic, you know, Satanist human being himself. When you really look at it, there's no other way to describe who he was when you see the things that he called research that he did to young children at a, you know, through a university at, at a level where he was supposed to be someone that, that was held to, you know, the, the highest standard. So to answer your question, you know, I I throw that name out there, do the research. You're going to, you're going to be astounded, but to answer your question, yes, what our children are learning in schools, 100%, allows them to be of the state of mind at too far too young of an age for the you know for the sexual gratification of adults. They are taught that this is normal. There is something called CSE. And it is uh, compre- stands for comprehensive sex education or sexual education. Back in I think uh, oh, I I don't have my year in front of me because this topic just came off of um, out of nowhere here. I think it was 2011. It might have been 2012. Um, at the um, uh, the National World Health Organization, the um, Darn, sorry, my mind just went, went blank of what this, uh, this global meeting is that they have to talk about education and um, adopting global education for all of these countries that participate. That was actually adopted. the CSE was actually adopted. And approved for teaching children across the year, or across the country or i mean across the globe i 'm sorry across the globe, and it starts in kindergarten with teaching children about masturbation that 's what happens hmm. at this point we 're teaching children that these things are okay
3: right i well... I know that my one uh Excuse me if you don't mind me asking or saying. No, go ahead. Uh, My one daughter uh, had a problem uh, in school with um, whatever they were showing at a very young age, and I couldn't remember the age now. They were showing uh, kids how to put condoms on, um, dildos, whatever, something like that. I mean, all kinds of crappy stuff like that, because my kids had to and pull the kids, uh, them out of school and take them to another school because that's what they were being taught at a very young age. That's disgusting.
2: It, I mean, it, they it don't is know it very at very
3: I mean, it's just, it's just yeah, the and, and, and the of, thing of, is, is
2: their brains are not able to comprehend these things at that young of an age, right? They don't... They, there's, you don't see the physical... Um, actual scarring and damage that is done to these kids by teaching these things at such a young age. Think about this, and, you know, no one has to raise their hand or say, this is me, right? None of us have to do that. But I just want you to say, in your head, what was the first time you were ever exposed to something that you would consider pornography? The first time you were ever exposed, how – Whatever age you were, I promise you, if you are being honest with yourself, you would have to admit you've never been able to get that image out of your mind. You may not dwell on it. You may not think on it. But if you do think about the age that you were first exposed to it, I 100% assure you that you will, you will have to be honest and say, I've never been able to forget that image. That's what we do to children when we're showing them this stuff that early. They don't forget.
1: Right. Well, that's it's fantastic. Uh, seven three because... seven three two. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go
3: ahead. No, I was just no, no, saying just...
1: that.
3: I'm just listening. That I mean, because what I knew knew about a little bit. And now I'm uh, asking these questions because I didn't know where all this was coming from, to tell you the truth. But um, I I do know that now I can see it because um, they even had questionnaires um, given to the kids and made them fill out all this nasty stuff on that also. And that's in a school here in New Jersey. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. My daughter could uh, vouch for that. I mean, she raised hell. But anyway, that's uh-huh. all I had to say, that mm-hmm. I know that it starts someplace. But yep.
2: Yep. yep. It's starting at a very, have to very, be aware. very young
3: age. Parents have to be aware, and some parents aren't. They allow it. They, uh, they had a, uh, allowed the kids to do this. I know that from my daughter, too, that other children, mm-hmm. other parents didn't care. That was okay. Yeah. And yeah. And that's a while ago, you know. That might be 10 years ago mm-hmm. or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it maybe going that's
2: on how it starts It's
3: it's awful. And I just figured it's got to be starting someplace from school. It's also from the parents who's not monitoring their children. And then there it goes. And then they start dressing a little bit yeah. too provocatively. And that's how it goes, and you're, in, you're on your way, right? You are
2: right. You are right. I love your questions. Thank you for asking those things because, you know, grooming, grooming and luring kids, people think trafficking means that, that they're being snatched from the street corner when they're riding the bike. I'm not going to say that doesn't. Happen that's what I because It definitely happens, but that's <laughs> not. Yeah, and most people do. They associate, you know, that that image with it. But that's not the majority. That's just not the majority. The majority of these kids are being. It's it's you know they're being offered into it in a sense. They're being basically sold into it by parents, neglectful parents, or. They come from homes where you know there just is no parenting, um, or like I said, they're just being socially—they're just being lured into it via means of social media and uh, and things like that. So,
1: well, that brings me into well, the the next line yeah. of uh, of questioning. Well, where is CPS? Even though C- <laughs> even though even though CPS Child Protective Services has been accused in certain areas, of actually being part of the problem, not yeah. being part of the solution.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, this is, uh, this is a touchy one because, you know, you get a lot, of, uh, a lot of people out there that say, well, you're a conspiracy theorist if you think that. No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist for thinking that. I have seen actual documentation. I have a friend who is a federal officer His job is rescuing children. That's what he does. He is a 25-year retired military man who chose to spend his, you know, dedicate his life doing this. He has, I believe, if I'm not mistaken now, they have nine adopted children um, that they have personally adopted within the family. But this is what he does. You know, he and I have had a lot of conversations about this, and he said, um, you know, the public doesn't see the documentation. They don't see the things that we see. But I can tell you the things that he has shared with me and the things that I have uncovered myself, the things that organizations that I'm, with, that I'm a part of, volunteer, they see it as well. There are documented incidences where the Department of Family and Children's Services, um, New Mexico, I think this was in the news, as a matter of fact, is New Mexico, Arizona, in the news. They're not the only ones. I will not sit here and name names because I don't want everybody to think that, um, you know, your show is nothing but a conspiracy. I don't want them to label it as a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. show. But the fact of the matter is, if you're willing to do the research, these things are in the news. They're, they're right. often highly covered up, but they are there. They are out there. So, yes, the Department of Family and Children's Services in some instances have been a part of the trafficking. What I will say is that's probably not the majority of them. The majority of issues with CPS or Department of Family and Children's Services not protecting these children from this comes from sheer of people to do their job. I know they're overwhelmed. I, for a very, very short time early on in my life, was um, a, a case manager for Child Protective Services. Um, it is not an easy job. It is not an easy job. I, 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 I you know, anybody that does it, um, I commend those people. They are extremely overwhelmed with such a high number of cases. But you know what? That's no excuse. That's just no excuse. And so when you ask me where CPS is, I will tell you that they're buried behind mountains of paperwork. And sometimes it's easier to say, you know what? That kid's problem, not for me, but I'm just telling you the things I've heard. Their, right. their excuses are, in their mindset, I've got 50 cases here. This kid's probably going to be okay. Where I know this one is hundred percent not going to be okay. So I'm going to focus over here and hope like hell that this one is, is you know, that, that that it resolves itself.
1: Definitely. So because uh, we got we got eight minutes to uh, yeah. six minutes. I want I want to continue on the list. You said okay. Nevada. Nevada was one number one. Then you had uh, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. What else? Florida. Georgia. Florida. Georgia.
2: Delaware. 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 Little old Delaware. Yeah. Um, okay. Ohio. Ohio? Yeah. Ohio is number six. Missouri. Missouri. Missouri, because of its proximity, it's right in the middle of Route 66. You can right. take kids to either side of the country. Um, California. We know it's that, that it's huge there. There's like 3.77 victims per three point seven seven children out of a hundred out of every hundred thousand have been um, trafficked, so Got four it. out of every hundred and to be entirely honest with you, those are very conservative numbers. I am certain that it's far higher than that, but California, Texas, and Michigan kind of round out the top ten
1: top ten now has there been a lack of will from the political class, the business class, because mm-hmm. as, and again, I know you mentioned conspiracy, but I'm going to put it out there. There are individuals mm-hmm. at high ranking, high levels of government and businesses that are part of the problem, mm-hmm. that are involved in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, we had a couple of years, uh, some of the UN Watchers in Haiti in Africa accused of, 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 of uh, being part of the uh, trafficking. So yeah. the reason this problem continues to get higher and,
0: and, and, and a lot more
1: complex is it due to the lack of will Yes. Or the lack of it's commitment? It's called
2: following the money. It's called following the money. And let's just be honest. It's like anything else. Um, it, it, it's called following the money. It, you know, the 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 problem is not ignored because uh, the 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 you know there's a great saying. Uh, the the problem isn't being ignored. Because, it's, because of who it's happening to. The problem is being ignored because who, because the problem isn't being ignored because who the client is. The problem is being ignored because being ignored because of who the purchasers are. Right. That's, that's really what it comes down to. If you follow the money, I, I think, you know, I don't know if you saw, I, it's probably been maybe three, four weeks ago. I released right. on my Facebook page a literally, it took me it was three posts. To release them all, but there was three full-page documents of indictments against political officials from the local level to the national level, with that involved um, uh, sexual abuse or sex trafficking crimes of some nature. Most of which were against children. These are all unsealed indictments that were released. that date back for the last four five six years right they were finally unsealed there was over two if i remember correctly there was over 270 listed on there um but you know let's go to one just to, i'll just throw this name out there let's just go to one that everybody recognizes and that is anthony Weiner, right right look at, at i mean that name in itself is synonymous with this this um this epidemic so you know yes the info is out there i'll try to go back and find those and send them to you and then you know if you choose to to, to post them on your site or whatever you can definitely yeah, do that
0: definitely uh
1: we got 2 minutes so, uh, so in 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 your summary mm-hmm. what would you recommend what would, what would be your advice in regards to Giving, what type of advice would you be giving parents out there? Man, To be, okay. uh, to uh, how to get involved, what to, what to do if you see, what you need to look for.
2: Okay, perfect. Great, great questions because these are some of the most important things. Is, you know, you these we have got to. Every single one of us in every single community has got to be educated on what to look for and how to identify these victims. I'm telling you, that's the key to saving a life, right? So some of the common indicators that, can, that you can see when, or you can possibly recognize with, with human trafficking. Um, does a person appear disconnected from family, friends, Or even maybe a place of worship. Do they seem disconnected from what should be kind of their backbone, Um, their structure, their support structure? Um, Has a child stopped attending school? If a child just, just you know, kind of abruptly stops attending school, definitely somebody needs to be paying attention. Um, has a person had a sudden or dramatic change in behavior? Do they seem to be engaged in in you know um, abnormal um, amount of sex at a young right. age? Is the person appearing disoriented or confused? Do they have bruises that are unexplainable? Are they fearful? Are they timid? Are they submissive? Does it seem that they're being denied food, water, sleep, medical care? So those right. are just a few. The the list is much bigger than that. But I'm going to tell you if I have the with with Only a few seconds left, I'm going to tell you the three Mm -hmm. things, the three places I would suggest you go um, to get involved. Shared Hope International, great, great organization. Okay. Shared Hope International, Operation Underground Railroad. They do rescues and recoveries as well as education. And then, obviously, if you see something, say something. Human Trafficking Hotline, it's operated by the Polaris Project, The Human Trafficking Hotline is a definite go-to. And then, of course, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children.
1: Definitely. Fantastic, Crystal. That was a lot of information to take. Again, always
0: welcome to come back.
2: Yeah, anytime. Let me Mark,
0: last word. I wanted to say thank you to our sponsor, Students for a Better Future. Definitely.
1: Doreen. All right, next week we'll be back on the air with another special guest on the Cisco and Falzone Hour. Thank you, everyone, for listening to a great guest, great questions, and we'll see each other next week. God bless America.
2: Awesome. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for
1: having me. All right. It was a pleasure.